And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I officially... I am officially annoyed. And to quote the great philosopher Muttley, Welcome, everybody. We are live from the bunker. My name is Jason Hunt. I am the perpetually in annoyed and vexed editor here at Sci-Fi for Me. Thanks for being here, folks. I appreciate your patience as we exterminate the Stone Martin Weasels. I know what happened. I give a shout out to everybody who is listening to this as a podcast. You missed out on all the fun. If you were here with us live, you would see all of the shenanigans as I'm having to get the computer to work. <coughs> you missed the show. But that's okay. This show is available as a podcast. You get the essence of what we do here. And I'm glad to have all of you with us. There's a Discord server. There's an email address live from the bunker at sci fi for mecom and uh, of course, all of the all of the social media cesspool, so you can connect with us in all those places. We almost didn't have a show. I say I am perpetually annoyed and vexed, and a lot of that has to do with technology. I'm 53 years old. This should not be that difficult to do and it's not but it is such a pain in the neck anytime something goes wrong so I'm 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 having a day I'm actually having a week if I'm honest with you <coughs> excuse me so earlier in the week had to go get a new phone And I'm still getting used to having a new phone. And what's annoying about the new phone is that it's just different enough. It's not quite the same size. I mean, everything is, I mean, it just cloned over and everything's where I put it, you know, as far as like where the apps are. And those things. But I have to go through every single app and put it back into dark mode. The buttons are in a different place. It's, just, it's all... I just have to get used to it. And in the midst of all of that... I come in here today... And I'm I'm a little late. I'm a little behind getting things set up. Because for a while, I was, I was, I was having trouble figuring out what I was going to talk about today. Hadn't quite decided. And so once I get it all figured out and okay, I'm setting things up, I got to create the artwork and the thumbnail and get the stream set up. While I'm in the midst of getting the streams set up, I get 
Blue Screen of Death reboot. <clears throat> and when Blue Screen of Death reboot happened, I had you know all of this stuff set up. OBS was on, and my camera was on, and everything was all set. And when Blue Screen of Death reboot happens, my my camera stays on even though the computer is off because it's getting its power from someplace else, which means I have to unplug the camera from the power supply, plug it back in, bring the computer back up. When I bring the computer back up, I see that I have lost a monitor again. Now, I have less than an hour to go before airtime. And I have all sorts of things going on here in the studio to distract me. I'm going to do it So I have to reboot the computer again. Monitor's still not working. Change out part of the cable connections. Still not working. So... I'm hoping it's the DVI cable. Otherwise, it's the monitor itself, and I'm going to be very annoyed. See, there was nothing wrong with Windows 7. Windows 10... I don't even, I don't even want to think about Windows 11, but Windows 10 has been such a garbage operating system. And I guess I should update OBS. I got a pop-up the other day. It says, hey, there's a new version out. And I was like, I don't know that I want to do that because the last time I did it, you broke it. <coughs> so, all that to say, I've got things work. So, I know what happened with the audio. What, what, since I was messing with the, the, the monitor cable back over here, I accidentally dislodged the audio cable going into the back of the tower. So that's what happened there. I accidentally disconnected it, and the computer didn't see it, and suddenly we don't have any audio source. I was like, it's just one more thing. One more thing. Which means everything's in the wrong place, again. Uh, Death Angel Shadow says, I'm an IT guy. I am dutifully obligated to torture myself with OS updates. Oh, isn't that so true? So I get this thing. This is, okay, this is brand new out-of-the-box mobile device. <clears throat> I went from a Galaxy S8 that I've had forever to now a Galaxy 21, S21, which is last year's model. Because I didn't want to pay the ungodly amount of money for the S22. Or whatever it is is current. I was like, I don't care. I just want a phone. Just some kind of a communications device. And then when Mrs. Boss says, you want it to do the wireless charging, right? Well, suddenly, we're now with a more expensive phone. And that's not her fault. She, I do need the wireless charging. So there was, she did remind me of that. So I'm having to get used to this thing. And it has installed updates on this phone three times now. In the two days that I've had it. It has installed brand new operating system updates to the Android stuff. Three times now. In two days. 
And they will probably do it again. Cabin in the woods, folks. I am this close. This close. Those of you who are listening to the podcast, I'm holding my fingers a centimeter apart. I am this close. It, I, yeah, Death Angels is right. It, it is planned obsolescence. I, I remember back in the day when things were built to last. My mom and I were actually talking about this the other day. Uh, they have a telephone in the kitchen. It's on the wall. It's a, it's a landline phone in the kitchen. And that phone, that very phone device telephone has been hanging on that wall since 1980, 79, 80, somewhere in there. And it still works. This is back before, even before the before times, really. Douglas says, the Deadites will get you in the woods. Well, you know what? They might be doing me a favor. Considering what 2023 is turning out to be. I don't know. All right. Anyway. All right. So, enough griping. Enough complaining. Let's talk about Disney. <laughs> Do some griping and complaining there. Um, okay. I touched on this yesterday. Uh, the Disney, Disney had their earnings call last week. I haven't really talk very much about this <coughs> but there is a lot going on with disney i'm not going to get into the disney desantis stuff uh because uh, one i'm not up to speed on it completely i've i've peripherally been aware and i've been looking at some things andrew over at legal mindset has been doing some excellent coverage of the case he has practical experience in the state of Florida, as a corporate lawyer, setting things up in special districts like the Reedy Creek thing. So he's he he knows of which he speaks when he's talking about this stuff. So uh, I do recommend that you go over and check his channel out and his discussion and analysis of this situation with Disney and DeSantis. The latest thing, Disney has uh, asked for a judge to dismiss uh, the, the lawsuit that DeSantis's board has brought the countersuit. So Disney sues DeSantis in the in the state of Florida. The the new business district countersues Disney, and Disney has asked for that to be dismissed. And and this is going to get ugly more so than it already is, I'm sure. And it's going to get drawn out, and it's going to not go in Disney's favor. Because for so long, and this is this is not just Disney. There are a ton of corporations who think they're untouchable. And they want to just, you know, there was a there was a TV show Continuum. It was on the Sci-Fi Channel. It was a Canadian program. <clears throat> Rachel what was her name? Rachel. She played the lead character. So it's, it's a time travel thing. She's from the future. And the future where she lives is a corporatocracy. The corporations have become the government. 
And sometimes I wonder how much the corporations that we have now want to or are uh, involved a little bit too much in government. I, um, uh, Douglas asks, if things get too bad, do you think BBC will pull out from the Disney Plus being the, the streaming home of Doctor Who? No. That deal is in place. I don't think the BBC... If, if that deal goes sideways, it will be because Disney Plus pulls... Uh, Rachel Nichols. Yeah, thank you. Oh. It'll be because Disney pulls out instead of the BBC. Because the BBC needs Disney Plus a whole lot more than Disney Plus needs Doctor Who. Yes, Mrs. Boss? Well, and I was just going to ask you, it was another headline I saw today... Is Comcast going to force Disney to buy up the rest of Hulu? There is some buzz about that. Um, Comcast. This is a variety. Uh, Comcast sale of Hulu stake to Disney more likely than not, says CEO Brian Roberts. This is uh, yesterday in Variety. Comcast is prepared to sell its 33% stake in Hulu to Disney, but the question at this point is landing on the right price for that, according to Brian Roberts. So it looks like it's going to happen at some point. Uh, starting in January 2024, Disney can require Comcast to sell its stake in Hulu, and conversely, Comcast can force the sale, which I think they'll probably do. Uh, under the terms of the Disney Comcast deal for Hulu, the guaranteed floor value of Hulu is $27.5 billion, meaning Comcast stake is worth a minimum of about $9.2 billion, which means that if Disney is forced to buy out Comcast, they're going to be spending upwards of $9.5 billion, with a B, dollars. And okay. I have a question. You have a question? Well, just thinking with everything going on, and I know you've got more to talk about, but just in general with this, do you think that it's because, do you think Comcast wants to distance itself from Disney? It's possible. Because of everything going on? It's possible. Um, it says here uh, that uh, Robert's comments come after Disney Chief Bob Iger announced last week that Disney Plus and Hulu content will be combined into a single app before the end of 2023. So it sounds like they're kind of in 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 the process of something along those lines anyway. Um and and there have been speculation you know, there's been speculation for a while that that Comcast was going to dump out of Hulu and Disney was going to do it. Once that happens, if it happens, I would expect Hulu would probably just go away and get folded into Disney Plus because you got to have those subscribers go somewhere, especially given the fact that Disney Plus subscribers are down by 4 million. This is uh, May 10th variety. Disney Plus shed another 4 million subscribers in the first three months of 2023, marking the streamer's second consecutive quarterly drop after closing 2022 with its first ever decline. Uh, on the bright side, because Variety has to give you a bright side to, you know, meet their quota, the Mouse House also managed to narrow its streaming business losses by $400 million, down 26% year over year, which 
Okay, so what that means is basically they said our expenses, the money that we've lost on the streaming service, is not as much as we lost the last earnings call. They're still losing money on the streaming. So much so that now the latest stuff is another lawsuit. And this is from shareholders suing Disney and Bob Chapek specifically and Kareem Daniel specifically and uh, Chief Financial Officer Karen McCarthy specifically, as well as, you know, the Disney company altogether. Which I find interesting that they don't have Bob Iger named as a defendant in this. Um, This is from two days ago, Deadline. A shareholder is suing uh, Bob Chapek, uh, along with former executive Kareem Daniel, current CFO Christine McCarthy, and the company itself, alleging violations of securities law for misleading statements about Disney Plus and the health of the streaming business. Filed May 12th, the suit by Local 272 Labor Management Pension Fund, filed in U.S. District Court for the Central District of California, seeks a lead plaintiff for a class action representing purchasers of Disney shares between December 10th, 2020, November 8th, 2022, when the company dramatically missed earnings guidance and the stock took a major hit after an already bumper year. Now, it's interesting. See, this is not... This is not rich people, shareholders. This is a retirement fund. And a lot of people miss the fact that stocks get traded back and forth a lot. Your 401k, your retirement funds, your pension funds, a lot of that stuff gets invested into a a wide variety of portfolio of stocks. And when you have something like Disney, uh, who, where the stock takes such a hit, you know it that affects that affects your retirement, and it, reti- it affects you know the earnings and what you get when you decide you're not going to work anymore. And, and I'm looking at it now. You know, it's sitting at ninety two sixty two a share. It's down almost eleven percent over five years. Uh, the five day track, it's up, but you know, it's it's been all over the place. But you go from May tenth to May eleventh, and it dropped almost ten dollars a share in a day. This thing's all over the place. Nobody knows what's going to go on, and and any of that. <clears throat> It's it's a mess. But basically, this lawsuit says <clears throat> that Disney fudged the numbers, which, if, it, if those of you who have been paying attention to a lot of the different channels that have been covering this stuff, us and Midnight's Edge and Valiant Renegade and, and WDW Pro and Cameron Pasha, all, all, of the, all of the different channels have been looking at this, Nerdrotic, Geeks and Gamers, Drunk3PO, this is not any any sort of surprise. Well, wasn't this some wasn't this something that um, was being investigated a few years ago by the government? That was a uh, that was not the exact same thing. It was a, it was a similar thing because you did have a whistleblower that came 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 out and said yes, Clownfish TV. Thank you, thank you, Douglas. They they cover it too. Um, that was a whistleblower who came in and said that they were doctoring their books. 
But that's, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Right. And now it's been several years. We haven't heard much from that. That one and got settled. They paid her money to shut her up. Well, and now this is coming out. Well, and this is this is kind of a different thing. This is not we're making up numbers. This is we're taking the expenses of one thing and shifting it and shifting it over to another department, another division so it doesn't look as bad as what we're losing money on. So the this the the defense the or the defense the complaint defendants throughout the class period made false and or misleading statements and or failed to disclose that one Disney Plus was suffering decelerating subscriber growth losses and cost overruns which means we're losing subscribers we're losing money it's costing us too more than it should two the true costs incurred in connection with Disney Plus had been concealed by Disney executives by debuting certain content intended for Disney Plus initially on Disney's legacy distribution channels and then making the shows available on Disney Plus thereafter to improperly shift costs out of the Disney Plus segment. So basically, let's say, okay, say we're going to make a brand new Kim Possible TV movie and it's going gonna, it's gonna to air on Disney Plus. Well, what we end up doing is we take the Kim Possible movie and we go and put it on on Disney Channel first and then we put it on Disney Plus and then it becomes a Disney Channel expense, quote unquote, instead of a Disney Plus expense. That's what they're alleging here. That's what their that's what their complaint says that Disney was doing. Number three, (laughs) Disney had made platform distribution decisions based not on consumer preference, consumer behavior, or the desire to maximize the size of the audience for the content as represented, but based on the desire to hide the full cost of building Disney Plus's content library. So where have we heard this kind of thing before? When David Zaslav comes in on Warner Brothers Discovery and says, you know, we're not going to make things just for our own streaming channels. We're going to start making things available so that we can generate revenue for them so we can make money. And when the market demands a certain thing, when, when your customers say, hey, I like this, I don't like this, and you don't respond to that... Uh, especially if it's within the realm of your fiduciary obligations to your shareholders and, you know, this idea of company has to make profit, that becomes a problem. Disney has a responsibility and an obligation to its shareholders to make them money. And if they're... If they're, you know, flipping the books every now and again and trying to hide how much actually they're losing through Disney Plus, that's fraud. I think. I'm not a lawyer. I don't play one on TV. I'm not an accountant. This is not financial uh, uh, advice of any sort. But to me, that sounds like fraud. Number four, Disney was not on track to achieve even the reduced 2024 Disney Plus paid global subscriber and profitability targets. Such targets were not achievable and such estimates lacked a reasonable basis in fact. So basically they're sitting there going, 
you lied about your numbers. You lied about your expectations, and you said we're going to make this. We're going to have this many subscribers, knowing full well that you would not get to that goal. So that's that's the thing. It's a thirty-nine page citing, uh, a thirty-nine page filing rather, and <laughs> it uh, it references the November eighth earnings call. Uh, the quarterly financial results, including a monumental operating loss of $1.47 billion for streaming. Now, everybody is losing money on streaming. It's not just Disney. David Zaslav recognized it before anybody else does, and everybody pilloried him for it, saying, what? He's like, we're not going to be throwing good money after bad, spending all this money on streaming service. We're going to be doing stuff to make money. Profit. Right? David Zaslav's the Ferengi in the room. And I find it interesting that this lawsuit comes after Bob Chapek specifically. Because as we have discussed, and as a number of channels have discussed, Bob Chapek was the guy who was trying to right the ship. Bob Chapek was saddled with half a board that was in Bob Iger's pocket. You got Bob Iger still in his office past the past leaving as CEO, but he's still on the property. He's still on the campus of the Walt Disney Company and he's still causing issues. And it's almost like the same kind of situation that a certain particular president faced when he was in office and had to deal with not only the opposition party but people in his own party who didn't want him to succeed. Bob Chapek was in that same kind of situation. And he's trying to fix things. He says, this is my plan. And, and we knew going into it, because we got the memo and all of this coverage about what Bob, Bob Chapek's plan was, and it was going to involve cutbacks, it was going to involve you know, trimming expenses and, and layoffs. and all, We all knew this was coming. And this... 11th hour firing Chapek in a panic because FTX. And then Bob Iger comes back in. And what does Bob Iger do? He starts trimming expenses and doing some cutbacks and laying off. He's doing, he's doing the Chapek plan. He's doing exactly what Chapek was going to do to fix things. Try to, anyway. In the midst of a recession, how much can you fix? And Chapek gets blamed for all of this mess that Bob Iger actually created. So Bob Iger comes in and he gets to be the white knight on the horse and I'll save you. Except he caused it. And that's why it surprises me, kind of, that this lawsuit names Chapek and not Iger. I would expect that it would name them both, if anything. But that also tells me that the media has done a fairly decent job of painting Bob Chapek as the bad guy instead of Bob Iger. Now, there have been occasional articles that say, you know, Bob Iger is the one that kind of started this stuff. As far as the ideological stuff and the political stuff and the woke crap and, and all of that. That was all Iger. And the people that he brought in. Chapek's trying to fix it. Chapek gets fired. And we, we have suspicions why Chapek gets fired. Now, 
Here's what I'm wondering. <clears throat> because this, this is an interesting plaintiff. Local 272 Labor Management Pension Fund. That's a retirement fund. That's not a particular person. They're looking for somebody to be the face and make this a class action suit. And the judge has to determine whether this is a class action worthy or not. Uh, Attempted class action suits are filed frequently when share prices fall sharply and often they don't advance. A specialized law firm brings the case on behalf of one or more stockholders. In this case, seeking a larger shareholder to join as lead plaintiff and others, uh, other holders to adhere to the suit as well. A judge must approve class action status. So this is, a, this is a step-by-step process here. They file the lawsuit. Now they're looking for other people to come in and be plaintiffs on this thing in order to turn this thing into a class action lawsuit against Disney. And I'm... I'm wondering about something. Because in in the time since Bob Chapek was ousted on November 20th, we have not heard boo from him. And all of us who have been discussing this and speculating about it and ruminating on it, we're all sitting there going, well, he's got to have an ironclad NDA on the one hand. On the other hand, He could be sitting there going, you know what? Not my circus, not my monkeys. I'm done. And he's on the beach sipping my ties and watching watching Disney go down in flames. But if this lawsuit goes forward, Bob Chapek will be back in the spotlight to discuss things. Because if it goes to court. And I'm curious what prompted this lawsuit if i'm curious if this lawsuit was prompted by anyone in particular not saying bob chapek kicked it off but stop and consider what's been going on in the last few weeks last few months we have not heard the name Nelson Peltz in a while. And we have not heard the name Ike Perlmutter in a while. And I have speculated, both on the air and off, I have very little doubt that Nelson Peltz and Ike Perlmutter are talking to each other. And whether they're having conversations with Bob Chapek or not, no, no tell it. But um, I have to wonder if somebody suggested something as a strategy and they sat there and went, you know what? Class action lawsuit. Because if this goes to trial, if, then you have the discovery process, which means a lot of information gets put out there in the public record as part of the trial. And wouldn't that be interesting? Uh, Mazers over on Rumble side stream didn't auto start when I loaded the Rumble link. You know, see, this is something that irritates me about Rumble <coughs> is it doesn't it doesn't auto load you 
when we set up live streams on Rumble, I got to do a couple of extra things there that I don't have to do anyplace else. So video on all of these platforms, YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, you have the thumbnail, right? You got that piece of graphic artwork that here's your billboard of what your show is about for the day, right? And Rumble, in addition to that, Rumble wants a placeholder video. So while you're waiting for the live stream to start, this other video can be playing. And you can do it like a series of TV spots or billboards or something, some, some video that's about, what, a minute, minute and a half, they'll say. You can put something here as a placeholder until your show starts. So I put our little looping billboard in there that says, you know, live from the bunker weekdays, 1 p.m. Eastern. And when the show starts, when I hit start streaming and the stream starts to go out to everything, Rumble doesn't automatically start. Nor does it jump to the live stream if you hit play. If you hit play, you're going to get the placeholder video. You have to reload that browser tab in order to get to the point where you can play to see the live show. And that's a little annoying for me. Because it's not user-friendly for the audience. So, there is that. The other thing, too, I'm, I've, I've heard... That on Rumble, if you're watching Rumble live on your mobile device, the chat widget apparently doesn't work and you have to leave a comment after the fact. I don't know how close they are to fixing that. Oh, 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 but, oh, I do have this one thing. This is something, okay. So, I got an email yesterday. I got an email. Just out of the blue, I got an email from the folks over at Odyssey. And they said, go check out the upload page. There's something there you might like. And so I go over to, to Odyssey and I go to upload a video. And there's a new, there's a new widget over on Odyssey. It lets us schedule videos now i'm excited i'm happy i'm very 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 thrilled with this because it's something i've been asking for since we started live streaming over on odyssey months ago yay but but here's the thing this this is what impressed me more than anything else is the fact that they sent me a note out of the blue unprompted just because to let me know that that tool was now there. Because I've been bugging them about it, but I haven't said anything about it for a while because I know they got a bunch of different things that they're trying to work out and debug and add and features and whatnot. But that somebody took the time to send me the note and say, that tool you've been asking for, here it is. That's good customer service. Kudos to Odyssey for that. Now we just got to get people watching on those platforms. Just saying. Anyway, uh, I also got another, I got an email. I got an email this morning 
about an hour before we went on the air. From the local marketing people that handle press screenings. And Mrs. Boss is not down here, so I, I, I may wait for this story. I may wait till she gets back. Um, but I got an email from the PR people that handle press screenings, and, and, and it's an invitation to see The Little Mermaid ahead of the release date. Uh, and... Usually, when we get these invites, it's you and a guest. You and a guest are invited. This particular invite says you and up to three guests are invited. And then it says... Due to overwhelming interest, press seats will not be saved. I've never seen that before. And I have to wonder, is there really, is there really overwhelming interest in this movie is there really? Speaking of clownfish, they, uh, uh, Neon posted over on Twitter, uh, apparently somebody has found out in the wild some licensed tie-in product merchandise for The Little Mermaid, the upcoming Little Mermaid, with Halle Bailey as Ariel. It's a candle. It's a candle... That has the Little Mermaid branding on it, and it's got Halle Bailey as Ariel on the on the on the packaging and whatnot. <coughs> and this candle is is it's an interesting choice for scent on the candle. The candle is black vanilla. I'm not making that up. A black vanilla candle as a tie-in for The Little Mermaid. The jokes write themselves sometimes, folks. I just, I'm like, what? What? But, you know, that's just, that's just how things go these days, isn't it? If it's not Disney, it's Miller Lite. If it's not Miller Lite, it's Gillette. If it's not Gillette, it's... Fill in the blank. I, I just... I don't know. I don't know. There are days, folks. There are days, and then there are days... Anyway, all right. That's it. Thanks very much for being here, folks. Don't uh, don't forget to check out the rest of our programs. Uh, last night on the H2O podcast, Mr. Harvey and I talked about series finales that felt flat 
not season finales, series finales, like the end of the show. Uh, disappointment abound in some of these. And then uh, just a reminder, coming up on Friday, we've got another open line Friday. And then tomorrow night, a discussion of Star Wars in the Ranker Pit. We're going to be looking at the first three episodes of the second season of Star Wars Visions tomorrow night. Add all of the different social media cesspool channels where you can connect with us there. The Discord server, the newsletter you can sign up for, and I haven't sent out in I don't know how many how many weeks. Uh, subscribe star, video platforms, all that good stuff. All of these links are in the show notes. So if you're watching, if you're listening, all of these links are available for everyone to uh, to use and follow and connect with us on various different places. Uh, so you could do that. I do encourage you to check out the Discord server and connect with us there. Join the conversation because there's some interesting stuff being discussed over there. And that will be it for us today. Thanks very much for being here, folks. Remember, the politicians hate you. Some of them are afraid of you. The media lies to you. God has a plan for you. And there are four lights. Don't let anybody tell you different. This has been a presentation of SciFiForMe.com. Copyright 2023 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 